0: Well, good morning, everyone. How is everyone? You're going to be very interactive today, which is great. And maybe I won't be the money. it all worked out, and didn't work. Um, first thing I want to do before we start today, and I've asked the kids to come back down. They were upstairs, and I had somebody go rest back downstairs. Because, as you all can tell, when you walked in the back, we've had EDS It was two nights on Thursday and Friday and Saturday morning, and we had a small group, but I will say it was a loud chaotic group. uh, um, Megan has a few pictures. I know they're hard to see with the glare, and I hope you all can see them. You see that, Aubrey? They, uh, They danced a lot. They sang a lot. We ate a lot, we did, we fed them a lot, we sugared them up, we made crafts, we played games, there they are eating their brownies, um, and they made these little puppets on a the stick there that were kind of creepy, but they were fun, they were the disciples, and we taught them about all the ways that Jesus takes care of us. So there's a little video there's, yeah, they were here's a little video I want you to see of their dancing. They were not very bad for when it came to dancing. We had other videos where they literally ran around the whole sector in here, but I think they all had a great time, right? So let's go ahead and dismiss our kids (laughs) and let the kids go. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe she didn't want that to be shown. I don't know. <laughs> all right, y'all, let's 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 go to Lord's prayer for again. great your Father how we love you, how we thank you for this time that we gather on Sunday morning to come before you to study your Word, to worship, and to celebrate our children. Lord, we just ask that you be with us and all that we say and do this morning. May your words ring loud and clear through me, and may you be here. May your spirit fill this room in all that is said and done. in your name we pray. Amen. So I find myself in a weird spot this morning, as you all know. This is not comfortable for me in any way, shape, or form. So I'm going to do the best I can, and we'll get through it together. (laughs) So far, so good, right? Um, After getting over the shock of Rachel asking me to do this, which it was a shock. I screamed out loud in my office at work. Many can probably attest to that. Um, I started thinking what in the world am I gonna talk about, right? I don't have any training, I'm not been a seminary. So where do I spend most of my time at this church? And it's with the kids. And Rachel suggested several times that i talk talked about the kids this morning. So there we have it, I will talk about the kids. I don't have control of the slides this morning. Megan, you're gonna to have to help me a little bit. Um, I was uh, perusing the internet, trying to figure out exactly what to talk about. And as you can imagine, over and over again, in Google, on Google, what you see over and over again is, let the children come to me, or train up a child. And I felt like those were scriptures that were overdone, talked about a lot. But the more I studied, the more I fell in love with, uh, let the children come to me verses. And so pictures like these kept popping up. A very serene, sort of calm picture of Jesus on the cross. And these two well-behaved kids (laughs) kneeling at his feet. He's got his hands reached out. He's holding one hand and touching her cheek with the other. And the mountains and the beautiful viewer in the background. And it's so picture perfect. Right? It's not the way that it always is. As we can attest to in PBS this week. But I wanted to share the verses where these pictures like these come from which are in Luke chapter 18. Can you bring those up again? It's just a few short verses this morning and I hope you all can see them back there because we read these together. It's not much, but let's read them together in the church.
1: Now they were bringing even
0: infants to him that he might touch them. And when the disciples saw it, they rebuked him. But Jesus called them to him saying, Let the children come to me. And do not hinder them For to such belongs the kingdom of God Truly I say to you Whoever does not perceive the kingdom of God like a child Shall not enter it So let's set the stage just a little bit for these verses Jesus and his disciples were traveling from Galilee In the northern part of Israel down to Jerusalem And they took up the route on the east side of the Jordan River I had a map but it didn't show, it was, it didn't show well and they traveled to a town called Korea which was on the east side. And at this stage in Jesus' ministry, he had already started to make a name for himself. While he was in Galilee, he had done a lot of healing. A lot of miracles were performed. And as you can imagine, people were gathering around him, right? Everybody wanted to be a part. The crowds were starting to follow him. Um... The Gospels of Matthew and Mark talk more about the crowds, um, more about why they, the witness that they saw, the things that they saw in Galilee, and they started to follow him down south. Maybe they wanted to see more. Maybe they were just curious. Maybe they wanted healing themselves. for, For whatever reason, the crowds were growing as Jesus traveled south. And as they reached the town of Berea, people had already heard that Jesus was coming, and they had heard about the crowds that were following. So as you can imagine, they wanted to be part of that that crowd. They wanted to see if the stories were true. They wanted to witness that miracle of healing with their own eyes. Not only that, they came with their kids in tow. It says that um, two of those... The passages, the three Gospels all talk about this this story.
1: In Mark and Matthew,
0: it says um, the children, they were bringing the little children to Jesus. But here in Luke, it says they were bringing even infants. So we have this picture, like I just showed you on the board a minute ago, of the calm, calmness, the sereneness of Jesus sitting on the rock. But I'm not so sure that's a clear representation of what was really going on. You see, these crowds were big. They weren't just any old crowd. Some of the commentator writers even said that they could be considered a mob. So you can picture a scene where Jesus is coming into this town, and people are pushing and shoving and knocking each other out of the way, and there are parents with their children holding them up to get a blessing from the Lord. They're shoving their kids trying to get in to see Jesus. They just wanted their children to be touched and blessed. A much different picture than that serene little rock picture that we saw with the mountains in the background. So the disciples, they were, they were a little outraged, and they rebuked the people. They were, they were trying to perform crowd control here It wasn't just a small group of well-behaved children. There were adults. They were pushing. They were shoving. They were doing crowd control. They were trying to protect Jesus. Not only that, we all know the way that children were seen in society, right? They were part of the lowest of the low. The disciples didn't want Jesus to be bothered by the children, right? Right?
1: Didn't matter what age
0: they were. This was a time when children and widows and the sick and the elderly, they didn't have much status in town. They weren't respected or looked highly upon. So the disciples thought they were doing Jesus a favor by keeping the kids back. But again, just like Jesus always does, he flips society's perceptions upside down. In a time where the town thought that the children shouldn't be at the feet of a teacher. Jesus did just the opposite. He said, bring the kids to me. Obviously, he has something for us to learn here, right? Um, Jesus is always making a point with the things he does, especially the things that don't seem common by today's standards or normal by today's standards. Scripture tells us here that Jesus was indignant. There you go. Um, I was going to say this word I'll practice it on me But I don't think I can say it right now <laughs> I think it's Egoneteo Very close Something similar to that And that word That word translates to Grieving so much That you become indignant or angry And that's what was going on with Jesus In that moment in time right there no other time in the New Testament is this word used to describe Jesus. Only in this spot here with the children. So he's about to show the disciples a thing or two here. Scripture says he calls his disciples. I don't know about you all, but when my parents were trying to make a point in my house and they were calling me to their side, it was not a pretty thing, right? Right? Calls is another word that maybe gets a little um, lost in translation here. A better word might be summoned. Um, He summoned his disciples to his side. It was very authoritative, and it was an urgent demand. Jesus summoned the disciples. He wasn't having any of what they were doing with the kids. He wanted the children at his feet. The low children with no value. The lowest of society. Religious teachers, religious leaders of the time, they didn't make time for people like the kids and the tax collectors and any other sinners that they were thinking of during that time. And the disciples didn't want Jesus to be bothered by these children. Now, if that makes you uncomfortable thinking about the children not having any value during that day, I'm going to read to you a couple of headlines from the 21st century it came out of our own news reporters in 2006. These are true. These are not fake news. In 2006, MSNBC, there was a headline that read, No Brats Allowed." Is American Society Increasingly Intolerant of Talks? With a big exclamation point. The article goes on to say that they would rather see dogs at dinner, dogs at the movies, or in the mall than to see the little pretons running around. And then in 2011, CNN, a headline read, Permissive Parents, Curve Your Brats. Now, to be fair, that article was more of an opinion than anything that was factual, but the writer goes on to say that children should not be allowed on airplanes, in grocery stores, or any other adult-oriented establishment. The kids should be kept at home where they're not heard or seen. Jesus doesn't see it that way, though. He has an upside-down view of things, and he sees us all through a different lens, especially our children. And I am so very, for one, I'm just so very grateful for that, that he doesn't see me the way that society does.
1: (laughs) So let the children come
0: to me and do not hinder them, for such belongs to the kingdom of God. We've talked about the way the disciples in the town saw the kids. But what about the way that the kids see Jesus?
1: Have you ever really thought
0: about that? Those children, they come to Jesus. They come to his feet with a childlike faith. Something that we often forget as we grow older. Remember the story in the Gospels? Where the disciples ask, who will be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Do y'all remember that story? Yeah. Jesus responds in this way, truly I tell you, unless you change and become like those little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. It's an upside down view, isn't it? much different than the one that CNN or MSNBC present, or even the folks in the town of Korea, even the Twelve Disciples. Jesus encourages his followers to look to the faith and humility of children as the example of how we should all live, to be teachable, to be humble, and to rely on him in all circumstances. Our children are with us for just a short time. I saw a social media post somewhere, or maybe I read it, I can't remember, maybe even Rachel said it up here, not sure. But it was a reminder to all of us, especially the parents, that we only get 17 summers with our kids. 17 summers, y'all. We can count that on our hands and toes without getting help. It's It's not a very big number. (laughs) We think that we have forever with our kids but I will tell you, if you just ask any grandparent in this room, that those years go by fast. And I can confess to that myself. They go by quick. Those first two summers, we are we're ambitious, you know. We think we're going to start out from the time they come home from that hospital in that chair. We are going to start out and we are going to pour Jesus into them. We have really good intentions. We want to make sure they know all about Jesus. But those first two summers, our kids barely speak one syllable. It's hard to teach them about repentance, sanctification, forgiveness, sharing, all those big biblical words that that we've come to know. They're tough words, and we don't even get them right as adults sometimes. But we can lead by example when they're young, when they're infants. We can pray over them. We can read them Bible stories in the evening. They can see us praying in the middle of the day. More importantly than that, as they begin to talk around, we can learn from them.
1: They watch us as
0: parents, as the role models in their life, and they trust us unconditionally. When they're about to fall off of a step and we yell aloud, loud, they stop. When they go to touch that hot stove and we warn them, they stop. They know that we love them, and we care for them, and we want the best for them. And most of the time, they follow our, our guidance. They have a childlike faith that will take care of them. And that's the first two sons. We've got 15 to go. Now we're down to 15. And they'll move much quicker than the first two, trust me. Those first two are tough. As they start to get a bit older, they develop a voice, which can be good and bad. Yeah. A voice that's very pure and very unfiltered. And I could tell you that from UBS. We were praying one evening, and I asked the children to gather in a circle. And I asked them all to pray with me. We were trying to teach them how to pray out loud, trying to make them comfortable with it. And I said, I just want you to say one thing you're thankful for, much like we do at the dinner table at Thanksgiving, right? And it was going really well. <laughs> One of them, they were thankful for apples. One was thankful for their bed. And one was thankful for their parents and their grandparents. And then we get the, I'm thankful for my underwear. (laughs) And to be fair, they said it over and over. I think they were truly thankful for their underwear. They have very unfiltered voices. We can learn a lot from that.
1: Maybe we shouldn't always say everything that pops in our brain like that.
0: But when we're in prayer to God, maybe we shouldn't worry so much about the right proper words, right? Maybe our kids can teach us that.
1: Have you ever asked them to
0: pray at the dinner table? What comes out is what's truly coming from their hearts. And that's what God wants from us all the time anyway, right? He already knows our hearts. He knows our thoughts. Why not share them out loud? Let the kids see it. We can learn a lot from them. As we get older,
1: we tend to rely on ourselves a bit more.
0: We rely on our own wisdom and experience. We think we need the big fancy church words like sanctification and repentance. And those words are important, they really and truly are. But sometimes all we need is that wide-eyed, simple, honest truth that comes out of the mouth of children. So now a few more summers have passed. And our kids are moving on to middle school and high school. Now the fun really begins. We're down to five or six summers. We're down to one hand, y'all. And things get tougher. And now we're finding out that all that stuff that we poured in, that we thought we would pour in in the beginning, got a little bit overshadowed by laundry and dishes and baseball games and carpooling and all the other things that we do with our kids. And we realize we need help. Right? We need community. We need church. We need Jesus to help raise our children. Have you ever looked around your community in your neighborhood and seen the kids out on the street? I know they don't play as much in the street now as they used to, but they're out there. They're out there. Do you know who they are? Most of us, if we're honest, we probably don't. But that's an opportunity for us, y'all, when we see those kids outside. It's an opportunity for us to spend 15 minutes tossing a baseball with them, giving that poor mama a break who's been listening to them, one, because they're hungry all morning long, right? It's an opportunity to get down, stoop down with them. Maybe even go to your front porch, too, get a few popsicles out of the freezer and look at them eye to eye. Get down to their level and ask them how they spend their day, how they spend their morning, what do they like? What don't they like? Let them get to know you a little bit. Talk to them about your life experiences and how Jesus is an important part of your life. They may have never heard the word Jesus before, they may not know who Jesus is. At the very least, you can let them know that there's a safe place on your front porch, too. When the world's not really a safe place, it's not always a safe place. As a church family, we have lots of opportunities. Lots of opportunities to engage with our children. I know everybody's starting to swarm now but I like, hear it comes. <laughs> Nobody we're not asking you to volunteer, but we don't get a lot of time, a lot of time as a church family with our kids. What do we get? An hour a week on Sunday morning?
1: Not everybody's
0: cut out to be a children's minister, not everybody's cut out to teach Sunday school on Sunday morning, not everybody's cut out for vacation Bible school, but there are still lots of ways we can help struggling parents. If you turn around and look, this happens a lot here at Revolution on Sunday morning. We have mamas bouncing their kids in the back of the church. They're doing all they can to keep their kids quiet. Justin has his covered up under a blanket. (laughs) We're trying to keep them quiet, trying to make sure they don't disturb anybody. But that's not what we're about as a church, is it? No, it's not. We can offer to help. We, at the very least, we need to know their names. I wonder how many of you all know the names of all the kids in our church. They need to know that we love them. They need to know that this is a safe place.
1: We had a baptism a
0: few weeks ago. A little cruise was up here, right? He had been baptized in his backyard. And Rachel flashed some words on the screen. I wish I could remember them. But I do know this. As a group, as a church here, we make a commitment, y'all. We make a commitment. And it's a promise to help those families keep their children grounded in faith. I just wonder how seriously we take that sometimes. What can we do to help those families? How can we pour in and love on those kids to make good on those words that we repeat as a group? There are opportunities everywhere that we have to immerse ourselves in the life of kids, to speak Jesus over them and to help them grow in their faith. Matthew 18.10 says this, See that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I tell you that in heaven their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. It's a little confusing at first, but you know what that verse is saying to us? How children have angels. Our children have angels in heaven watching over them. And those angels, where are they? They're in heaven. And they see the face of God. If our children are that important to God, they should be that important to us. We can learn lots from our kids. Lots from our kids. <laughs> I see them all Look looking at the window. 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 Y'all turn around and wave those kids. <laughs> they know we're talking about them up there. Look at them. Look at those little faces. How can you not love that?
1: yes they can be
0: rambunctious yes they can be full of it sometimes yes they can show their sinful nature but man can we learn from them
1: that's why I hear revolution
0: that's one of the many many reasons I love this church you'll see those kids starting communion yep you might see them running around putting connect cards and ink pins in the seat backs of the chairs. You might even see them standing in a front door wearing the rear of back with their little names at the bottom. Even before they're old enough to serve, you'll see them in the back like little Wyatt, being bounced around, smiling underneath that pacifier, wanting everybody to see who they are. Our children are the future of this church, you all. The day that we stop here and the pitter-patter of those little feet, that's the day that we need to worry just a bit. I encourage you all to take the time to get to know their names, to get down on their level, to ask them about their day. Find out what they like and what they don't like. And parents, I encourage you
1: to talk about your
0: kids while you're here. Later, let the others know what's going on in your children's lives. Let them know how your children impact you every day. Because I can tell you up there teaching the little kids on Sunday morning, I'll learn a lot. I go up with a story, but I come back to a ten Because they teach me each and every week. Get to know their families. It is truly a privilege as a parent, as a church member, as a community, to help train up a child. It's an opportunity and a blessing that God gives us each and every day. So don't let those 17 summers just pass you by. They'll be gone before you
1: know. Let's pray, God. Yeah. Father, we thank you for the
0: gift of children. Lord, those children, they are so precious in your sight and precious in ours. Father, I ask that you give us patience when it comes to the kids. Lord, I ask that we see you through their eyes with that humble, unfiltered, adoration, faithful gaze that only a child can give. Lord, we thank you for each and every child in this church. And we ask that you show us throughout the weeks to come how we can make an impact on that child, how we can get to know him just a little bit better, how we can remember the words that we speak when they're baptized and brought into this church, that we will be a faithful member to help bring other child the way that you want them brought up, Father. Lord, I ask that you bless us all and that you continue to bring your Holy Spirit into this place as we continue in communion and worship. In Jesus' name, amen.